Hi, and welcome to the Food Navigator podcast, your deep dive into the big trends shaping the food and beverage industry. I'm Food Navigator journalist Oliver Morrison. The category is on the up. Low to no alcohol consumption globally will rise a third by 2026, predicts the data provider IWSR. 58% of adults worldwide are looking to moderate their drinking, it says. Much of this is down to health. High levels of drinking during the pandemic exposed many to the negative effects of alcohol. Younger consumers are also driving the trend. Millennials born from 1981 to 1996 make up the largest age group buying these drinks. As demand has grown, so has the quality and breadth of options now available. But alcohol is traditionally associated with unwinding, with meeting friends, possibly your lifelong partner, with having fun. What innovations are occurring that can elevate low-to-no beverages from simply being premium soft drinks into something that remains a pleasurable experience for consumers? First is the push from this category into food pairings. Take non-alcoholic beer and food pairings. Is this a thing? Yes, says the beer sommelier, Annabelle Smith. She's worked in the UK beer and pub industry for almost 30 years. Beer pairs just as well as wine with food, she tells me. But people have been conditioned, partly because of snobbery, to think otherwise. Rapid improvements in the low-to-no beer category, meanwhile, mean that these drinks now taste just as good and can therefore pair just as well with food as their alcoholic equivalents. The processes of Brewing non-alcoholic beer or low-alcoholic beer have just moved on in such leaps and bounds over the last 10, 15 years. So you're getting the same flavor profile as the alcoholic variant. So an example would be, I love Left Blonde, the alcoholic Left Blonde, which I think is 6.8%. Nice, strong, sweet. It cuts through cheese. If I get a Left Zero... I get exactly the same experience as if I'm drinking the alcoholic version. It's no longer acceptable to say this is going to be an inferior product compared to the real thing with alcohol in because consumers just won't stand, they won't buy it. As soon as you start producing a really banging version of that beer with no alcohol in, people are quite happy to drink it. From your perspective, What's what's fueling growth in, in, in the low to no? Regardless of generation, regardless of demographic, um, people are taking their lifestyle more seriously. They're looking more carefully at what they're consuming. Um, we can see that all across the food industry. And an interesting one that I learned from, um, I mentored a student at Nottingham University And I was talking to her about her alcohol consumption and her friends. She was 19, 20. And she said, social media has had a lot to do with it. She said, we've seen our parents falling out of pubs, acting up on the front page of the newspaper after they've consumed too much alcohol in a pub. And she said, our generation don't want that plastered all over our Instagram and Facebook Back to low to no alcohol and food pairings. 
For a great example of exciting innovation in this area, the ingredient company Synergy Flavors has just brought out a range of flavor pairings for premium soft drinks and alcohol-free beverages that aim to optimize dining experiences for some of the UK's favorite cuisines, including Indian, Italian, Greek, British, Chinese, and Thai. The new flavor combinations include a mango, lime, and mint blend, which complements the flavors typically found in Indian cuisine, and pineapple, coconut, and lemongrass to work in harmony with the taste of Thai dishes. Other paired creations include Sicilian lemon and bergamot to pair with Italian food, salted cherry and ginger to complement Chinese dishes, plum, orange, and chili, which works in harmony with the British roast dinner, apparently, and finally green tea, lemon, and mint, which can accompany Greek fare. The beverage market is primed for innovation to diversify and enhance options for consumers who are looking for an alternative to alcohol, says Synergy's Senior European Business Development Manager, Vicky Berry. So we actually commissioned some research with Good Sense Research. So interestingly, 55%, this is a huge number of adults who are choosing not to drink, just choose either water or sparkling water with their main meal. This is a massive percentage of people who are not drinking that are just taking water or sparkling water. Interestingly, as part of the same survey, we asked the question, would you be more interested in purchasing a soft drink which pairs better with your cuisine? And 87% said yes. So if we can capitalise and take some of those people that are just choosing to drink water and bring them into a premium soft drink, this could be a really, really big market. What's key to elevating these products so that they offer adult experiences that can complement food is the use of botanicals and ingredient combinations to create more intense flavours. Producers may also focus on innovation in packaging and functional benefits like nootropics, vitamins and adaptogens to broaden the options available to consumers. So we see lots of interesting notes, so things like, you know, rosemary, basil, lemon balm. We're seeing more interesting things kind of creep into soft drinks. Um, Hop is a really interesting one. We're now seeing hop within soft drinks. So that blurring of the lines there between beer moving over to soft drinks with the emergence of a brand new category like hop water. So we're definitely starting to see categories blur. We're starting to see more savoury notes like the rosemaries, like, you know, lavenders, some of those floral notes coming in, merged with more interesting core ingredients. So as opposed to just orange, we're seeing things like clementine and we're seeing things like bitter orange. So it really is a shake up of soft drinks with more interesting notes coming through. I think mixes is a fantastic area to take inspiration from and having a look at what mixers have done and bringing some of that into premium soft drinks. So talking about the different ingredients. So, you know, looking at Fentimans, they talk about it being infused with lemongrass. We look at, you know, London Essence, talking about pink pepper. Double Dutch did a really interesting launch, a bit like a Bloody Mary, you know, with tomato, basil, cucumber, black pepper. So we are seeing these savoury notes creep in. So we always talk about how we understand the base. So we always kind of try and understand the product matrix. So I think understanding the cuisine we're working with is probably a very different approach. I think if you look at a lot of the manufacturers and they're probably briefed by a retailer to create just a really lovely drink and they aren't necessarily thinking about kind of cuisine pairing. And I do think that's something that's missing from the industry. People thinking about how a soft drink can pair just as well as a wine or just as well as a beer. It's certainly got the opportunity to. If you put citrus within a product, people link that to immunity, they link that to health, same with ginger. So I think what we very much see at Synergy is this halo effect. So, you know, if you're looking at beverages, you know, making sure you're linking in, if you're looking at functional, linking in with the claim that you're making. And we definitely see differences 
in drinks that are launching with functional, linking in with that halo flavour and linking up the flavour approach. And I think that that's really a step change for the industry and something that we'll see as well, you know, with things becoming less sweet as a whole, you know, within the beverage industry and people are looking to lower sugar um, and looking at HFSS that I think people will kind of gradually migrate to potentially drinks that are less sweet. I think as well, if you look what's happening in terms of people like Dash that are kind of coming out that are just, you know, unsweetened waters and other products, I think it's Radnor Hills did, you know, a range of unsweetened waters. People are becoming to things that are less sweet compared to perhaps five, six years ago when things were a lot more sugary. So I think that's a gradual change that we'll see people not needing things quite as sweet. She gives an example of how brands and retailers could make use of these exciting new offerings. And if you look at when you kind of go into a retailer and they do like a dine-in meal, I think usually what you see is they have the dine-ins and you have a bottle of wine there, you have beer, and then they just have kind of almost like a random presse that doesn't pair at all. You just have the choice of like a an apple juice or an apple presse. There's nothing that actually feels a little bit special to pair with your dining Indian meal or your dining, you know, Chinese meal. So I think very much, you know, this crisp represents Indian cuisine as much as possible. That 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 market seems, you know, fantastic opportunity to tap into, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's what we're hoping for because yeah. it is definitely that. And I think you notice it more when you're doing something like dry January. I've noticed it more thinking, well, why do I just get the choice of just an apple presse or a Coke or, you know, I want something that still feels special. Um, so I think that is the area we're looking at very much so. But the more we learn about this category, the more we learn that consumers have different demands. Younger people, for example, don't necessarily want beverages that mimic the taste or effects of alcohol. They might be happy, therefore, for these drinks to come with sugar and calories. Older consumers might be looking for something different. Health versus a treat is an interesting one, and it causes a lot of arguments within the industry. If you're choosing not to drink, are you doing that because you want less sugar, you don't want the calories from alcohol, or are you doing it because the alcohol is the problem, in which case maybe you still want a bit of sugar? maybe you actually still want some calories, you want it to feel like a treat. So I think this is a really interesting space, trying to understand the motivation behind why someone is not drinking and whether you should still make it a treat or whether you need to be calling out, this has got less calories than a glass of wine. It doesn't necessarily have to be an alcohol mimic. And this is particularly relevant with Gen Z. Gen Zs who are now at drinking age might not have grown up drinking. They're not as used to the taste as, say, like a millennial who's grown up around gin, they've grown around different spirits. A Gen Z is not used to that taste. So actually, a Gen Z that's coming through, that's actually more health aware, that's choosing not to drink, doesn't actually want a gin alternative. They're not looking for the next seed lip. So actually here, what they might be looking for is something that's balanced, something that's complex, something that's sophisticated, something that's light, that feels like still a bit more grown up than a cola or a lemonade but something that actually complements their food. Older and younger consumers, therefore, might have very different ideas about what indulgence means. For older people, it might involve some kind of hedonism. Maybe not so much for younger people, owing to those aforementioned social media pressures. And I think that's interesting because with Gen Z, we actually see the opposite. Gen Zs don't actually want to get drunk or they hate that idea of being anything close to drunk. So it's to do with the Instagram effect. No one wants to be captured on Instagram with drunken antics. So actually, Gen Zs are growing up and they're not as used to getting drunk as probably some previous generations who were probably drinking earlier. Um, So actually, I think for Gen Zs, it's possibly the opposite. They've not actually grown up with that effect of what alcohol can do and how it can relax you. So for me, I think Gen Zs and as we're seeing alphas then kind of feeding through, 
that I think that's going to change. I don't think it's necessarily about that. I mean, you see other brands putting things like CBD in, which are obviously really interesting. Um, but I think for me, I think looking at Gen Zs and looking at alphas, you'll start to kind of come through. I think it's just about creating a really lovely, great tasting drink that feels special. And it's not necessarily about those additional ingredients. Yeah, I, th- I think for indulgence, it's very much that treats effect. And that actually comes back to something like just the serve. So actually suggesting to consumers, they pour it into a nice glass, maybe they add their own mint leaf to it. So that if you're in a restaurant as well, or if you're in a bar, you're not having something that doesn't actually look like alcohol. You're having something that looks a bit special. So it's not always just about the drink. It's about the occasion and how it's actually served to make it feel like an indulgent treat. Speaking of those hedonists who want to stay healthy, a new category of alcohol-free drinks is rapidly emerging. UK brands like Three Spirit and Gabba Labs have been designing functional non-alcoholic spirit and wine alternatives designed to lift your mood and enhance social interactions. Essentially, these promise to make you feel drunk, but without the hangover. Gabba Labs' first product is called Sentia Red. This is an alcohol-free functional botanical spirit that mimics the pleasurable relaxing effects of alcohol, tasting like a kind of herbal tonic It's a mix of natural ingredients including magnolia bark, sage, orange peel, licorice, ginkgo, Nigerian ginger and angelica root. According to Gabba Labs' managing director David Oren, these powerful plant ingredients created by a team of botanists and scientists including the renowned neuropsychologist Professor David Nutt have been shown to stimulate the brain's GABA neurotransmitter. This is responsible for feelings of sociability. GABA allows you to slow down and reflect, be more in the moment and feel joy with other people. Everything that alcohol does, right? Alcohol has a really positive effect. It has a really positive effect. There is an amount of alcohol, I I believe, that you could drink and then a format which would actually be overall positive. The problem is that whilst it's having that positive effect, it's also having a negative effect. That's the problem. It's also damaging you elsewhere. So this is the um, this is Sentia Red. It's the first one. It's a, a, a relaxing drink designed to give that sort of feeling of conviviality and softness and smiley, smiley that happens when you're enjoying a glass of wine um, and or or a, or a gin and tonic. Uh, it's you know become quite popular. There's a strong following of people who who repeat by. Uh, and the people that like it tend to love it. Interestingly, not everybody is affected by it. Some people are very affected by it. So we, what we're understanding is that GABA has, um, does impact people in a different way, uh, in, in, in degrees of intensity. So some people will giggle, other people will say they don't feel it. I, for one, for example, um, did struggled to detect an effect of, on me for quite a long time as we were in the process of development. Uh, whereas the scientific team was sort of was saying this is amazing, um, and, until we produce a particular version, which just uh, three three sips, and I was sitting there with a huge smile on my face, looking at David Nutt, who was actually in his wine bar in Ealing, and he looked back at me and he had a big smile on his face, and that particular version was incredibly um, powerful. Um, but we've the, the product has evolved. You know, over the it's been now in process for about three three years. I think we started the research on this four years ago. It's taken a while to get to a product that we're really really proud of. Um, plants aren't easy to work with, and the effect that we want um, has to be designed into the combination of 
herbs and, and plants that we use, and then we have to amplify it. We have to make sure it crosses the, the gut wall in the right place so that it metabolizes, that it's in the blood system long enough to actually have an effect and that it goes away. So there's a, quite a lot of complexity in designing the right, the right liquid, uh, particularly with plants. The, the design specification was to, have, to produce a drink which would, have, which would be very similar to the positive effects of alcohol, so that you should be able to feel it within five minutes and it should be gone within 45 minutes. We also, but we wanted a difference. The difference is we wanted what we call a flat curve or a plateau effect. So with alcohol, the more you drink, the more you're affected. We wanted to not do that. We wanted to have flat curve. In other words, the more you drink, you still remain at a, at a flat plateau. So you feel the effect quickly and then you stay at that level, but it shouldn't increase. The more you drink, the longer that curve may last. So it may be that you will feel the effect longer, but it shouldn't make you drunk and then fall, want to fall over or, or fall over. Gabba's innovations go beyond exploring botanical blends. Its flagship product is called Alcarel, a synthetic ingredient designed again to stimulate the brain's Gabba neurotransmitter and mimic those positive effects of alcohol. Gabba Labs is currently seeking registration for Alcarel as a novel food in the UK and EU and grass in the US. After that, the plan is that Alcaro will be licensed to drinks companies, enabling them to create a whole new generation of functional adult beverages. Alcaro is transparent, tasteless and odourless. It can be diluted to make any type of drink you want. The main, the main thing that we do is Alcaro. Uh, that's the main flagship um, product, and that's what's going to really change the world. Plants are wonderful, but plants have colour, they bring flavour, they bring body, uh, they bring complexity. And they bring challenges, and you can end up with a beautiful liquid, which is what Sensia is. Um, but the the real our real goal is something that can be used um, to to change how drinking works. And Alcarel is designed to be um, uh, an ingredient that we would license to the ingredients industry for them to supply to their drinks companies to invent and create a new generation of of gabergic alcohol-free products that have an effect and they make you feel like you've had a glass of wine or a glass of whiskey or a beer. And alcohol can be used to make any type of drink that you, would, you can imagine. So here's the interesting thing about Gabba Labs. While the low-to-no category has up to now been grappling with how to remove something that's enjoyable when consumed responsibly but potentially hugely harmful, its focus is on promoting the joy of alcohol, the conviviality, the relaxation and the fun. Let's call it that two drinks sweet spot, whilst allowing drinkers to remain fully functional without harming their health. And in case you're wondering, none of the ingredients used in Sensia have been identified as addiction promoting. And back to that point about indulgence meaning different things to different people. According to Gabba Labs, it's targeting sophisticated hedonists for whom indulgence is something positive for the spirit and body that allows them to share their soul with others in a healthy way. I'll let David explain. The low no movement is about what not doing something. Um, the reason we called Alcarel Alcarel is because it is actually trying to capture the essence of something that people actually do want. If we want to be pro something. You know, we have our meetings in, in Dave's wine bar. Why? Because we kind of like, you know, we like being in environments where people connect. Um, I, I, one of the visions that I've got in my life, one of the things I'd like to see, you know, as an outcome of what we do is at the, the British pub. Uh, gets returned as a, a central part of our community. But it returns to our, as, as a central part of our community as a place of sanctuary. 
as a place that you go to actually connect with other people where you have spiritual fulfillment and food is healthy and drink is healthy. If Alcorel and a range of other products we have in mind, which stimulate the biome, which stimulate the, gut, the, the good bacteria in the gut, which lead to then healthier or health, better health systems, which give you the sense of conviviality, that two drink effect that we want, but doesn't take you beyond that because it's a plateau effect. And that means that you can smile and connect with other people. Um, you, can, you can relax and, and feel that you are your soul, you're sharing your soul with others in a healthy way. Yeah, we... um, and without feeling bad about it, uh, and without feeling guilty, and without encouraging any sort of you know, uh, addiction that you might have without, without that, then I think you're looking at a better world. I'll say cheers to that. Thanks for listening. See you next time.